Hello, esteemed listener, and welcome to episode four of the video game Hall of Fame. My name is Alex, and I am your host, and I have with me three Hall of Famers, as always. I have Simon Pike, Stephen Andrews, and Rob Kirkup. Hello, gentlemen. How are we all this evening? Good, thank you. How are you doing? Is it lame to be like, oh, I've been to the gym, so I ache? Yes. It is, isn't it? Yeah. You're actually aching because you're old. It's nothing to do with the gym, is it? Uh, I'm aching because I play video games all the time. That's why. Yeah, thumb workout. Yeah, they can put all the lights and screens on a running machine they want. It's not as fun. It's just not as fun as a video game. Supposedly better for me, but my groins feel like they're made at groins or groin, plural. Who cares? I think I think you just got the one, but I haven't checked. Yeah, feels like it's made out of elastic bands that have been stretched to breaking point. Yeah, we're not that close yet. No, <laughs> no, no. I won't let you twang my elastic band groin just yet. No, save it for Christmas. Okay. Simon, how are you, mate? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I went to the shop at seven this morning and found a £20 note in the road. hey Yeah, pretty good. Did you give it into the police? No, no. It had been there all night. You could tell. There wasn't an old lady lying next to it or anything, was there? Not that I saw. You know, I didn't. And it wasn't, a ma- it wasn't a man with a fishing rod somewhere down the street, around the corner. No, no, I was wary of that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, you need to be these days. It's everywhere. And then I went to work. And had to sign into a stupid training app and saw that I have an extra week of holiday that I didn't know I had. So I booked off a, a week off next 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 month. Yeah. Sounds like a not January to January holiday calendar. Otherwise, you've forgotten very quickly into the year. End of April to end of April. Yeah, I was going to say. So, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty what all right. What a nice day. surprise. Yeah. Where, where are you taking me? You're busy, I think. Am I? Yeah, you you uh, you don't have any holiday there. You could always go to One Newcastle Road, Newcastle, and visit our resident Geordie Rob. How you doing, Rob? I'm all right. I wouldn't come here though. It's all horrible and snowy outside. Oh, we had about a minute of snow today. It was bewildering. Oh, I went to bed last night, and it was that it wasn't any. Even though Alexa had been threatening that for days and days that it was going to snow. Every time I went to the kitchen, I've got one of them. Uh, echo display things and it says amber weather warning amber weather warning there wasn't any snow but <laughs> apparently like a year's worth of snow fell in about five minutes through the night so i woke up this morning like where the hell's all this come from so it's awful here don't come up don't come to the north i thought is this is this just me that didn't know this but i found that you know when you look at like a weather app or a website and it says like snow 80 percent which yeah. is what my iPhone's currently saying. That doesn't mean there's an 80% chance of snow. It means 80% of your area will have snow. Does it? Really? Yeah. Mm. Welcome to the Weather App podcast, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. That one's for free, everybody listening. I use um, Frog Weather App. This show isn't sponsored by Frog Weather App. But Yet. But it can it, be. It could be. But the only... The thing about that app is there's a picture of a frog on it and he's always doing something. It sounds but good. It, it doesn't what he's doing makes zero sense when it's you not... look at what the weather is. So like it'll be snowing and he'll be sitting on the top of a hill painting a picture and you're thinking, go to go in the house, you stupid frog. Yeah, not even wearing any clothes. What are you doing? And it'll be glorious sunshine and he's in bed and I'm thinking that's when you should be <laughs> that's when you should be out painting pictures on the hills or on the beach or picking apples. Sounds like it's just anyway, depressed. Sorry. It's really frustrating app because I'm I'm always angry at this idiot frog. 
Yeah, he's, he's... <laughs> how long have you been persevering with it for? Just out of interest, I've had it for about, it for about a year. <laughs> a year of incorrect frog behavior. And the thing is, I'm on Android, so I could just use the app that's on, like the widget that's on, or, or indeed screen, anything else. <laughs> yeah, you can just look at the well, yeah, office. Uh, anything else, but I do use I your go, eyes out the window. I go to Frog Weather and find out what what he's up to. I mean, I'll. I'll give you a live frog weather update right now. All right, I'm going to see if What's... there's a website for it as well, so I'm going to see what it looks well, like. Well, there will be. I mean, I'm sure you could get this on, on any old phone, but it's currently minus two, right? And the frog is out <laughs> naked in a is field, it... letting off a load of Chinese lanterns in the sky. <laughs> Hang on, you, yeah, you make brilliant. a point of him being naked. Is he sometimes clothed? I'm assuming he's always naked being a frog. Uh, is he is he ever in clothes? I don't know. That's what I asked you. I, I, I'll keep an eye on it, and I'll let you know next time out. <laughs> right, yeah. But well, yeah, I mean, it's, mi- it's minus two. Feels like minus five, and he's got a big smile on his face, letting out thousands of chains. I don't know how he's managed to do that. To be honest, he's only one frog. <laughs> he's clearly yeah. unwell. Anyway, but other than that, I'm all right. He's probably sending them all to all the kids who got six million points on Pac Man or whatever it is for Ronald Reagan. <laughs> That's a uh, little reference to the previous podcast for all the uh, the fans out there who get it. Speaking of get it, um, that's a terrible segue into beat 'em ups, but that's what we're talking about. Um, we are all going to nominate one beat 'em up video game for your scrutiny, dear listener. And after we have nominated them, you can go to our Twitter account, which is at vg underscore hof, and cast your vote. And the winning vote will be nom- will be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Now, you may be wondering why I'm not talking about the pre-third generation game to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. And that is because we are recording this podcast before the voting has ended. So next episode, episode five, we will have two inductees into the Hall of Fame. So get yourself salivating for that. And before we do that, it's time to get beating up things starting with the Frogman himself, Rob Kirkup. What is your beat-em-up nomination for the Hall of Fame? My beat-em-up nomination dates from 1989, and it's a Capcom game, and it's an it's my favourite arcade game of all time, and it is Final Fight, the daddy of them all. It's so a cracker. I'm, I'm very confident about this one. I know... Um, me and you tried to play Final Fight, Alex, in Blackpool when we were at that Play Expo. But oh, yeah. The, the controls didn't work. So well, they did for me, but not for you. No, not for me, so I couldn't move. So that was a little bit of a uh, disappointment. Oh, no, that wasn't Play Expo. That was that uh, arcade club thing. Yeah. What was that called again? I think it was just Arcade Club in... Arcade um, Club. Oh, where were we again? Blackpool, there we go. Blackpool, must have named, just to come up with that name. But um, Final Fight, I mean, it dates from 1989. It's set in the fictional metro city and the baddies are called the Mad Gear Gang and they've kidnapped the mayor's daughter, Jessica, but hardly the mayor, Mike... Is it Mike Hagar or Mike Hagar? Mike Hagar oh, good it? question. I've never known how to ha- pronounce that. Hagar for me, always. Um, how, how's it spelled? H-A-G-A-R. Oh, then Hagar. Yeah, for sure. Hagar. Well, he uh, just so happens that the mayor happens to be a former wrestler, and he's got an incredible mustache. So he uh, he's out going to hunt these guys down and get his daughter back with the help of Cody, who happens to be um, Jessica's boyfriend, 
And then you've got Guy, who's the ninja fella, who is just like a mate of Cody, who's along for the ride because he likes chinning people. And it's a Can brilliant side-scroll and beat them up. It's my favourite arcade. I mean, I've got really fond memories. I remember going to Scarborough as a kid with um, my mum, my dad and my brother and just having pockets full of 10 pence pieces and spending virtually a week when I had any free time running off to the arcades and just playing Final Fight. And I remember going to Whitney Bay when I was a kid uh, to go to Laser Quest. And whenever I was in the arcades, it would be the one I'd gravitate towards. I've, my second and third favourite arcades are probably the Turtles beat em up arcade, which was in my shortlist for this category, and uh, the Simpsons. But uh, Final Fight, I, there's not an awful lot to say about it. It's uh, I love the huge character sprites on the screen, especially for a game that's from, from 89. They are massive. And massive, and I, I, I think it's a it's just a really... Even now it holds up, I think it's a really solid beat em up and it inspired yeah, a lot yeah. of... It, it is inspired by games that came before, but I think it's inspired a lot of beat em ups that have came since. And well, and of course, is the blueprint for Street Fighter Two. It is the same engine. It's yeah. where Street Fighter Two has come from. Yeah, and um, I mean, it's a it's a quasi sequel to the original Street Fighter game, which I had on the Spectrum. Um, and it, I think it was at one point going to be marketed as Street Fighter eighty nine. Oh so, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, I might have just made that up, but I, no, I think, I think you're that, right. That's correct. Something along those lines, anyway. Definitely, yeah. I've heard yeah, that it was to be mine. So it's um I mean it's 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 such an influential game and I, I know that based on my guesses as to at least one game that's gonna come up later on, I think it's hugely it's been hugely in, influential on the on the genre. And even though I think there's only eight different character sprites for the enemies other than the bosses, just obviously with different colours uh, throughout, it never feels repetitive. I think the, the levels are well laid out, I think the difficulty levels just perfect. And I remember when I got my Mega CD as a surprise Christmas present uh, off me, me mum and dad one year, the game I was most excited to play was Final Fight. Because obviously it had been released on the Super Nintendo, but without Guy. And only so, one player as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So being able to play it at home, I, I couldn't believe it. And the Mega CD version is superior to the arcade version in every way. I mean, it's got... Uh, it's got an animated introductory scene, which the, the arcade didn't have. Uh, the sound's better, and it's it's a brilliant game. So that's my nomination for the consideration of our listeners' final fight. I will now field your questions. Isn't it true that the, the Mega CD version got it a little bit more raunchy? I think they took with a kidnapped woman, they... they uh... Yes, took okay, her dress yeah, off begin... and just left her in a bra because, of course, that's what Sega was like in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, I remember right. Bras. That in, uh, yeah. That's all I remember. My my only thing. <laughs> the guy yes, the bra, bra. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's um, I wrote about that when I reviewed it for uh, Sega Mania magazine. No, oh, so I probably learned it from you in the first place. Uh, maybe. Yeah, you're the dirty one, not me. Um, yeah. <laughs> not, not not game. really. Not really related, but um, you talked about it being marketed as Final Fight. Uh, sorry, Street Fighter 89. Hmm. Um, I learned recently, and you guys probably already all knew this, but there's a game called Street Fighter 2010, the final fight on the NES. And I'd never heard of it until it came up recently. But it's got nothing to do with Final Fight. And it 
doesn't really have much to do with Street Fighter either. But just a, a fun little uh, little factoid there. Is, is, it, is it a Capcom game? Yes, it's a Capcom game. It's a, It looks a bit Bionic Commando-y. Um, it's okay. like a futuristic shooter platformer. Um, but you apparently play as Ken in the future. But the Japanese version, it's not Ken. It's like someone called Kevin. <laughs> it's Japanese for Ken. I don't know if it's because we're record, recording this late on. When you said Ken, I immediately was thinking of Barbie's other half, as opposed dear to Ken dear, from oh Street Fighter 2. Sorry, it's just been a long day. Yeah, I was thinking Ken the odd personally. <laughs> no, it was, it was celebrity chef Ken Hom. Oh, damn it. oh, I need a Ken. Um... Kenwood, the, the toaster guy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Ken Griffey Jr., the baseball player. There we go. <laughs> if we're talking trivia, um, Robin, Will- one of Robin Williams' children is called Cody after the character in Final Fight. Obviously, and the other one's called Zelda. Called Zelda, yeah. 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 What a legend. Hello, bless him. Final Fight, brilliant. Really good. I completely forgot how much you love it, and I don't know why. Oh, I love it. I love it. When you were mentioning earlier that you weren't going to pick a different game, I thought, "Oh, what is Rob going to go for now?" And then, yeah, I've I briefly forgot how much how well I know your taste in beat 'em ups. Oh, I love it. It's, it's it's been my favorite arcade as long as I can remember. I can't think of an arc. I, I don't even know what my favorite arcade was before I discovered the joys of Final Fight. Love it. But you mentioned some great other ones there as well. Simpsons, yeah. Turtles, yeah, I mean, both I'm, absolute classics. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. And Turtles, if if somebody, if somebody, I hadn't gone first and somebody else had picked Final Fight, that would probably have been my backup. Although there is another game that I would have considered, but I haven't picked it for reasons that will become clear, probably, I would imagine, later on. There is also a new version, well, a new version, but there's a, uh, a new Mega Drive port in the works, isn't there? Um, so, yeah, yeah, which is uh, shaping up to be really, really good. Look, looks like far improved to the, the Mega CD version, even. Um, I can't wait for that. Get my hands on that one. So, um, what's the deal with poison in Final Fight? You tell me. What What do you mean? Poison's the female character, right? But in Japan, it's a man in a kabuki mask. No, it's just a. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't talk about this. <laughs> Why? In in the Japanese game, in poison yeah. is, is male. It's like a right. crossdresser. I'm sure it is. Are you sure you don't think it's Streets of Rage three? No, it's poison. From the one with the whip, yeah. Yeah. We'll now have a brief lull while we all do some googling. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, apparently, poison was named after the '80s glam metal band Poison because they had an effeminate dress sense and wore makeup. So Street Fighter 4's producer, Yoshinori Ono, when asked in an interview about Poison's gender, stated, let's set the record straight. In North America, Poison is officially a post-op transsexual woman. Well, there you go. And And this was in what? 89. 89. Progressive. So final fight, well ahead of its time. (laughs) 1989. Yeah. Wow. You may well have the transgender vote on your side at this point. I should have everybody's votes because I've picked the best game. We'll see. Oh, is it me now, isn't it? Yeah. Well, what are you, my friends? Yeah, we'll see, based on what I'm nominating. So I have quite a lot of 
I've played a lot of beat 'em up games in the last year or so, especially after I bought a book by Bitmap Books called uh, Go Straight, I think. And I made like a massive list of beat 'em ups off of that and just plowed through tons. Um, so I've got like so many obscure ones, and I, I know that I'm probably not going to win with my pick this week either. I don't think I'm ever going to win. I'm always going to end up with some twatty hipster pick by the sounds of it. Um, so a few before we do the rest of them. I'm going to do some quick honorable mentions that some people may not have even heard of. So Capcom, their beat em up bundle is very good and very worth playing. The best game on that, I think, is Knights of the Round, which is a very fun arcade beat em up where you control Knights of the Round Table. You can be Arthur, you can be the other guy. Who's the other guy? Um, That's a lot. Lance a lot. There we go. Get some yeah. Lancer. And there's <laughs> that's really fun. You ride horses. You have like different moves and spells and swords and stuff. That's very cool. Um, one of the funniest beat 'em ups I've played is another Capcom game called Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. Has anyone stop me if you've played any of these? I have, well, I did play Cadillacs and Dinosaurs back in the day, but I've, I've completely forgot about it. Probably about twenty years until you just mentioned it. Yeah, that was, I believe, actually based off of a cartoon, but it's incredibly violent. So I, I would actually quite like to see the cartoon because it has a lot of guns and explosions and blood and like weird sort of neo-punk guys beating the shit out of dinosaurs to make them attack you. And then you have to beat the shit out of the dinosaur yourself to pacify it and make it run off. So like there's one right at the beginning where you come up on a guy who's like just abusing a dinosaur that's chained up you have a go at him he tells you to fuck off unleashes the dinosaur and it goes red so then you kick it in for a little bit then it goes green and just wanders off and that's quite a common theme you also run people over in a cadillac quite a lot as well which is um, just magnificent any, any game where you can punch a lizard is a good game as far as i'm concerned it's especially a prehistoric one yeah yeah so that was a very strong contender for me also is a game by Technosoft, which I don't believe came out of Japan, which is, again, why I did not nominate it, called Niketsu Oyako. Has anybody played that? Never heard of it, chat. That was yeah, on PlayStation and Saturn. So it's not got a, a crazy legacy because of the fact that it's on those consoles and it's 2D. But it's basically a spiritual successor to Streets of Rage. Um, again, with guns. Again, for some reason, which are very fun. You get shotguns and rifles and pistols and Uzis and stuff. Um, only has five stages. They are batshit insane stages. Um, there is one where you're on top of a roller coaster. There is one where you get eaten by a whale. So you're just fighting things inside a whale. Before you go inside the whale, you fight octopuses with boxing gloves on. Octopi, whatever. So that's a great game worth checking out, but you probably won't be able to buy it easily or cheaply. The strongest honorable mention that i have is again capcom and it's alien versus predator has anybody played that that is fucking excellent because you get to play as a predator killing wave after wave of aliens and you have big sort of spear thing in your hand you can shoot his shoulder laser uh you can pick up pulse rifles off of any soldiers that you kill that's a really, really solid beat em up. That's probably one of the best, like genuinely 2D side scrolling beat em ups. Alien vs. Predator is one of the best ones I've ever played. That was on Jaguar, right? 
Uh, no, that's a different game. Oh, it's a different game with the same name. Yes, that was a first-person no. shooter. That one. Yes, I thought it. I thought it was. I thought it was. No, this is yeah. This is like just this is just an arcade game. I don't think it came out oh, okay. on any console. Okay. Because um, they also did they did loads of stuff back then, didn't they? Capcom like uh, X Men. They did the Punisher, which is also quite good. But Alien vs Predator. Um, if you've got a decent PC or relatively, it doesn't need to be that good. Get a hold of the main version, stick it in an emulator, give Alien vs Predator a go. It's an absolute blast. But now for my actual nomination. Now those are all out of the way. I was felt pretty safe that none of you guys were going to pick that. All Die Hard Arcade, but you know that's. Uh, fun for different reasons my nomination is from 2006 and it's released on the playstation 2 it was developed by a company that's now defunct called clover studios who also made beautiful joe and akami uh it was it sold really poorly and the company shut down afterwards it was published by capcom they shut the company down afterwards large credit to how badly it did commercially is given to IGN because they gave it a review score of 3 out of 10 in what if you go on the internet and google this is widely regarded as the worst video game review of all time that people are so angry about to this day you go on the IGN review itself there are still comments slagging off the writer hoping he got fired saying how bad the review is cutting to the chase the game is god hand it is Directed by Shinji Mikami of Resident Evil fame. It is a 3D beat-em-up where the camera is behind you the entire time that you play it. And you also don't get to control the camera. You use the right analog stick is used for dodging, and there is no blocking in the game either. So initially it can feel quite unwieldy, and it's not helped as well by the fact that the game is incredibly ugly because it focuses very, very much on its combat system to the detriment of even things like walls working correctly. Like You will see inside walls constantly in this game. Its levels are basically just brown, mostly brick walls or wooden houses. But it is insanely fun once you get your ha- the hang of it. And the reason it's so fun is because... The combat system involves you creating your own combos. As you go through the game, you either unlock or you buy from a shop, uh, which is hilarious because you can also sell old moves that you don't need back to a shop, which is incredible. To think of that kind of economy where I've learned a really good punch, so I don't need like this one. So you see this one I'm doing here. I'll sell you that. And they go, yep, give you a grand for it. Really weird. Um, so you unlock tons of moves and you have, eventually you can unlock seven move slots in your standard, like square button combo. And you can mix and match and put in any type of moves in there you want. You've got like usual, like hooks and jabs. You've got uppercuts. There's one that's called pimp hand where he like pimp slaps them. There's like Ric Flair chops. There's spinning elbow stripes. There's mule kicks. Like you can tailor it to be like powerful attacks, really quick attacks, loads of crazy stuff like that. There is additional buttons like triangle, square buttons, sorry, triangle and X buttons. You can put sort of harder attacks in there. You can do sort of things like guard breaking attacks, juggling attacks, launch attacks. 
the people who made um, the game Absolver a couple of years ago, and now Sifu, which came out mm, last year, maybe on PS5, they stated that God Hand was like a huge influence on them. Um, and you can really tell because the, the the creating of combos, it sounds like it's just a way to make your button mashing more interesting. And it is, but there's a real level of tactics to the game where because it, it's incredibly difficult. And it also has a an adaptive difficulty setting. So as well as picking the general difficulty, if you pick easy, what I'm about to say doesn't apply. But if you play on normal difficulty, in the bottom corner of the screen, you've got... Um, a, a sort of a number and it will start at number one. And if you continue to beat people up and not get hit, it will go to level two and then three and then level die. And the harder it gets, obviously the or the higher the level gets, the more the enemies will kick your ass, but you will get greater rewards for defeating them. If you lose, or if you, if you keep getting hit and beaten up, your level will then go back down again and the game will become easier. You can even at some point later on in the game, unlock a grovel move and you can, quite literally get down on your knees and beg the enemies to leave you alone and it will drop you back down to level one if you're finding it too hard um there's also a couple of extra mechanics there's a thing called a roulette where you press r1 and it brings up like a roulette wheel the game slows itself down and you can choose from like super moves that you can unleash you only get a couple of them and they they're like you have to recharge them by finding pickups Moves like punching a guy in the dick so that they stun you stun them, like Johnny Cage um, from Mortal Kombat. And then you can, you know, do a suplex or a DDT on them. And then the God Hand itself, your character Gene basically has been you compress R2 because he now has the hand of God effectively grafted onto his body, and that becomes like an unstoppable, powered up, invulnerable attack session, I guess. And most of the game is set around you trying to build that meter up. You have a tension meter, and when that maxes out, you can use the god hand. Which brings me to the other key element of the game. Other than the fighting, which is excellent, the presentation and the story in this game is fucking batshit. Incredibly offensive. The first bosses in the game, again, very much like Streets of Rage 3, as we mentioned earlier, are two incredibly flamboyant homosexual guys in like budgie smugglers that prance around. Um, I think at one point you fight like a gorilla wrestler. Um, those those women in the leather with the whips, one of the special moves you can do on them is spank them repeatedly by mashing the circle button until you spank them across the room. Um, the game is nuts. Like it would not be made today because it's, like I say, it is quite it's quite offensive. So you have to be of a certain mindset to be able to enjoy it. But it's just it's just utterly nuts. It's got that real crazy Shinji Mikami style to it that we saw in games like um, Shadows of the Damned, um, maybe The Evil Within to an extent. There's a bit of Resident Evil 4 campiness in there as well. So, yeah, it's, it's a very, very unique game. One that, like I say, killed Clover, and they never made another game after this. It's a really bizarre game to have gone out on it's a game where because of its difficulty because it does get really really hard it's all about dodging trying to make sure you don't get hit creating combos effectively so that you can break people's guards build up your tension meter which uh i did in one level there's a boss fight level and the boss is like a big fat mexican gangster and he has a statue of himself reading a magazine and if you beat the statue up 
the magazine falls down and it's a porn mag. And if you look at it, your tension meter immediately fills up, which was quite fun. Yeah, so it's all about making sure that your combos are effective and learning how to play the game to a high standard. Because if you get too good at the game, the game will get incredibly hard and punish you for it. If this game had come out after Dark Souls had been made, I feel it would have done so much better than it did because there was no appetite for such a punishingly difficult skill-based game in 2006 in the 3D era. But now, I mean, Wolong came out as of recording like a few days ago. Neo, Dark Souls, Sekiro, Elden Ring. Like these games are everywhere now. And this was like a really early progenitor for that kind of game. And I feel like it would have done so much better had it come out later on. And had IGN not completely slated it. And considering the game also has a casino where you can get money to buy more attacks and you can play video poker, I don't know what they're playing at. This game is fantastic. I thoroughly recommend it. I know it's not going to win, but it's uh, it's a really underrated, I guess, video game and a really fantastic beat-em-up that's going to be quite different, I think, to anything else that we talk about on this pod. I will now field your questions. You know what? I've never heard anything about it, but I, I'm sold. <laughs> I want to play it now. Uh, is it PlayStation exclusive? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure, yeah. It did come out on, I don't know if you, what consoles you've even got, but I think you can still get it on the PS3 store digitally. Okay. But to buy it for the PS2, it's like 70 quid on eBay. It's it's very expensive. Unfortunately, I don't know. I must have bought it a few years ago. Yeah. I think I might have to check out Steam, see if it's migrated. That, uh, or emulate it. I'm sure you can find an emulated copy of, on a PS2 emulator. Well, remember, I'm a Luddite. But, um, yeah, if but... you can handle it, then maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds absolutely uh, absolutely awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm game. I'm almost uh, convinced to vote for you, to be honest. Oh, that was such an impassioned uh, explanation of the game. Yeah, I've been playing it all week and just been absolutely loving it. I've, I've, had, one, I've had it for a while and I've wanted to play it and I thought to myself... I've got a load of obscure 2D beat-em-ups that I could nominate, but I'm going to see if God Hand becomes my nomination. So it's it's had a very late turn, and it's uh, I'm so hooked on it already. It's very hard though. It's been it's been stressing me out a little bit. Well, the spanking sold me. Well, the spanking is one of the better bits. Yeah, yeah there's a, like there's so many moves like that, like where you can just stomp on a guy's head repeatedly just by pressing the circle button. It's great. And like I said, the dick punch, getting the dick punch right off the bat. <laughs> was very like very pleasing. Has anybody played Simon? You seem most likely to have played it of anybody. No, I was I was late to the PS2 party, so it, it wasn't in my in my uh, my eyes my eyesight back in those days. Mm. Um, and then when I eventually did get a PS2, I just got loads of RPGs. So <laughs> I did not. I I I've seen it and I've heard about it, and I know people that that love it. Um. So yeah, it's not like you pulled it out of the blue for me, but I've mm. never played it. I'm afraid. Yeah, like I say, it's it's an it's an acquired taste, and it, it, first of all, it will seem like a bad video game because it looks disgusting. It and like I say, you you can't you can't change the camera, and it's it's right behind your guy who kind of locks on by himself to enemies, and you you can't block anything, so you have to like. You're, you're almost doing tank controls. It's really it's really weird to describe, but 
it's one of those things where once it clicks and you're you're chucking in all these random different moves into your combos that you're creating you can cre- you can change them on the fly at any point so if it's not working all you've got to do is press start swap out something swap something back in again and you've got you know a different one of seven moves plus all the extra ones that i was talking about there's a launch move where he just kicks them straight like miles away it's brilliant have you played it rob no i've never played it i mean uh I had a PS2, obviously, but it's not a game I've played. Um, I think I was put off, if I remember rightly, I, I, I was put off by the reviews. And I mean, while you've been talking, I've just been looking through some of the the information about it here. And I think it's one of these games that was badly reviewed and badly mm. received when it came out, but it's more favourably looked on nowadays. And yes. it, 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 it appears that it's become a bit of a cult classic. I mean... Some of the like the review, like you've mentioned the IGN review, three out of ten. Yeah, but it didn't seem to review particularly well anywhere. Like computer and video games, give it eight point two out of ten. Elect- EGM Electronic Game a Monthly, six point three out of ten. Mm. Uh, Game Informer, six out of ten. And I've just read a quote here from the Sydney Morning Sydney Morning Herald newspaper. <laughs> I'd give the game three and a half stars out of five and said it's like a bizarre mixture of WWE Smackdown and Benny Hill. Oh, that's actually really, uh, really accurate. I'm even more sold now than I was before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, um, the official the official PlayStation magazine opened its review by saying, God Hand is a terrible, terrible game, yet I can't stop playing it. There's, <laughs> almost, something, there's so- almost something horrifically appealing about just how bad it is in every conceivable way. So I mean, yeah. it, it it looks. I mean, as you say, I'm looking on eBay, and it's it's about seventy seventy two quid's the cheapest one on there at the moment. Like mm-hmm. for a UK version, it seems that the Japanese version's slightly cheaper. And what I also did see is that there's some kind of move where you can decapitate people in it. Oh, I haven't was, got that one yet. Um, hang on, where is it? I've just read it. It's um another another technique called head slicer which allows the player to decapitate an enemy, was featured in the North American version. Oh. But it wasn't in the Japanese version or the European version by the looks ah, of it due okay. to censorship. Yeah, there's not a lot of blood in it as far as I can tell. It, there's a lot of times when like, you'll come up on a scene where a bunch of goons are doing something really horrible like trapping women in a room, trying to set a man on fire at the stake so then you have to stomp you just use your stomp move to stomp out the you know the little flames on a rope that they've just ignited from one end of it um but i haven't seen anything in terms of blood that's been that bad no there's a poison chihuahua at one point that bites a guy and then you have to chase it down and beat that up and then give him an antidote so he doesn't die of poison and they've got a time limit on that it should be noted as well that the um the front cover of God Hand is a detailed close-up of a guy just getting punched in the face. Yeah. It doesn't really sell anything about what the game's about at all. It's really weird. It's really strangely like westernized uh, front cover for a game that is so Japanese. It's it's just mad. It's almost like they want to draw unsuspecting people in and then I think like, so. hit them with it so they either go, what the hell is this? As soon as they yeah. start playing it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's, People back then said it was bad in every conceivable way, but I will stress again, the combat in this feels to me like a really clever evolution of the original old-style beat-em-ups that we would probably be talking about for the rest of the pod as well. And 
it focuses on that almost entirely and it does it so well like like i said the the dialogue is pretty terrible the graphics are terrible the um the music's really really repetitive presented really terribly but it has a very key element that it focuses on and it does it brilliantly like no game has done before and only since in the last couple of years and they said that they basically copied it so incredibly underrated like i say it's not going to win but i've given it its due and i'm happy with that i think also when um when games first come out people are going to worry a lot more about the aesthetics aren't they as time goes yeah. on you don't expect anything from that department so you prepare to to delve into the rest of it and and see it for what it is well consider this is 2006 when xbox 360 had already launched so yeah. an ugly game on the ps2 yeah there's a death nail right there. Mm. And, and I guess as well, the studio that did it, they were known for, you know, Beautiful Joe, which is kind of a beat em up, I guess. Akami as well, which is always lauded for how beautiful that looks. And then to make this weird, campy, ugly beat em up seems so out of left field for them that I'm not surprised that it didn't really kick off the way they wanted to, even with the Resident Evil guy behind it. But of course, after Clover Studios disappeared, they then went on to create what is now eventually uh, Platinum Games, and they obviously made Bayonetta and things like that. So again, you can see the the path that they took to the more modern stuff that they're doing through that. So I'm very glad it exists. So that is my nomination. We have two more to go. Next up to nominate one to be inducted in the Hall of Fame is Simon. Go ahead, Simon. Lay it on us. Well, how do I follow Godhand, you know? You know, what, well, what am I going to say that's going to compare to whatever that was? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sure you'll find a way. Yeah. I'm a big fan of beat em ups. I have been all my life. Um, I played back in the Commodore 64 days. The games I was always most excited about playing were the likes of Renegade and Double Dragon. But uh, I've also, like, recently done a lot of research because of my, my other little side hustle on a lot of modern. Uh, beat em ups that have a retro style and there's some really good ones out there as well there's um there's a game called fight and rage which is um kind of a, a sci-fi futuristic one with mutant animals uh, sorry mute like people with animal mutations so there's like wolf people and rat people and stuff and it's pretty cool and there's some really cool atmospheric ones there's uh it's like final vendetta um and one called the takeover and that obviously that new turtles game yeah. Which is actually brilliant. I love it. It's just it so, is fantastic. It's so colourful and joyous. Um and it's quite short, but I can just blast through it like over and over again. I mean my daughter play it, it's really good. Um but having said all that, <clears throat> um those who've been paying attention through previous projects that, that we've all done together probably know that I've got I've got no choice. I've got no choice here. There's only one game I can mention. And it's a game that I truly believe is the pinnacle of the genre. So what was that book you mentioned called, Alex? I think it's called Go Straight. Yeah, do you know what that's from? It's got to be what it says on the screen, is it, for Streets of Rage? So it's it's the name of the opening track ah, in the first level of Streets of Rage 2. An excellent track as well. Yes. So I have to choose Streets of Rage, Streets of Rage 2, specifically 2, so... Um, the, the right choice. I love Streets of Rage, Streets of Rage 1. Um, I've got no feel, 
I've got no attachment to Streets of Rage 3 at all. I think they dropped the ball massively. But Streets of Rage 2, they they perfected it, in my opinion, or close to. Um, I've tried to quantify why I love this game before, and I find it quite hard. I think it's because there's, there's so much about it that appeals to me. So I'll just get the obvious stuff out of the way. So the gameplay and the controls are, are just... I think it's just some of the tightest I've experienced. You know, when they were building the game, they they screwed them up, screwed the screws up really tight. <laughs> um, yeah. The moves um, have way more impact than the first game. Um, you know, the screen shutter and the sound effects and like the, I think the hitboxes are perfect on everything and it just feels so impactful and it feels so right to play. Um, the pace of the game builds beautifully. So if you're, you're, new to it and you start on normal you start on that first level you've got the you know the the neon alleyway everything just feels feels right for the genre and you've got the um the low level punks and they come in and then gradually as you go through the game you get you know the bikers and the ninjas and further surprises later on it just becomes more and more hectic as you're getting better at it this is a weird one for me to say because one thing I do really miss from the first game is Adam. I really liked Adam in the first game. Having said that, one thing you can't deny is that is the variety of fighters available. Absolutely. So the the two characters they've added, Max and Skate, they just they play so differently to to the you know Axel and Blaze. Uh, Max is your your big mighty glacier, and if you can get people in the, his rear grab and do that knee lift on them. They will, That's such a cool move. Yeah, and it annihilates like half a health bar, and it's fantastic. Yeah, I'm a big mark for Max. Um, and Skate, uh, he's he obviously he's the only one with a dash. He gets up on their heads and pummels them. Um, I never liked Skate. Like even as a kid, I always hated kids doing adult stuff. It's like what are you doing? <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Your mum must be worried. Six Skate, what are you doing? Yeah, go home. You should be playing this on a video game like me. Um, <laughs> But yeah, you can't deny that you know he plays completely differently. Um, did he? Did he become like the basis for having a sprint or a dash in the third one? I, I'm not sure exactly the the th- thought process behind it, but yeah, they they did have add a, have a dash for everyone. I think I read somewhere that that's why that they they wanted everyone to feel more like skate, so they gave everybody the ability to dash mm-hmm. in the third one, which made skate less special, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, he was pretty unspecial as it was. No, yeah, he was the worst, wasn't he? But then, yeah. you know, you sit, like I, I watch Let's Plays on YouTube and a lot of people choose him, but there you go. Um, it must be a speedrunner's choice, surely. Blaze yeah, is always my uh, my go-to, but I, I Blaze is great. Would, would go for, for for skate after. I mean, I don't I don't know why. I just, just uh, enjoy the speed of it, uh, I think. But Adam was always my go-to, so I feel your pain for Adam. Um, yeah, uh, Adam's the best in the first one, yeah. definitely. Yeah, when he returned in Streets Rage 4, I was... I was yeah. A very tear in the eye moment. Which is also a fantastic game. Yeah, also yeah. fantastic, yeah. Um, I didn't mention it in my modern ones earlier because I didn't want to spoil it, even though it was obvious what I was going for. But... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so graphically, um, the visuals are, are just mint. They're huge, huge crisp brights, um, gorgeous backgrounds, enemy design, um, new enemies and updated enemies from the old game. Uh, I think it looks way better than the third game. I think It does. I think, like the gameplay, they nailed the visuals as well. It's... It just gets a bit more wishy-washy and yeah. not as I, strong. 
I reviewed the third game for uh, uh, for Sega Mania magazine, and I likened it to uh, Shelbyville, the episode of The Simpsons <laughs> when they when they go there when everything's just off. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's, it's adjacent to how it should be, but it's just slightly wrong. Yeah. So so this yeah the sprites lost lost personality in the third game, um, as did the music. In fact, the music lost all tonality in the third game as well. There are some nice tracks in the third game. But, There's a couple, yeah. But it, it's stupidly hard. Later levels are dumb. Yeah, you've got to play the Japanese one or you're going to have a bad time. It felt a bit unfinished as well. It used re- um, uh, random generation to create that music as well, because apparently that's not possible on the on the sound chip, so it's some kind of computer program that, that <laughs> randomly generates noise or something on those yeah, lines. So no human could have ever made that, so I, that makes sense. <laughs> So speaking of music, Street Series mm. 2, however, you know, it's it's legendary, it's revolutionary music. It still holds up. Um, yeah. Again, amazing. I love the Street Series 1 music. I think I prefer the Street Series 2 music, and there's more of it. Um, Yuzo Koshiro, I hope I said that right. Koshiro, uh, like, I think. He's done nightclub gigs to it. Um, you can <laughs> nice. find it on YouTube, uh, uh, videos of like these nightclubs of Street Series music playing. Um, I'm sure they're full of sweaty sweaty men well uh we'll put yeah we'll put that out on the twitter simon get a hold on we'll, we'll tweet that out for anyone listening what's that find a video of the nightclub streets the of Raven, we'll put it on our twitter oh i need like the sweaty men please <laughs> and the sweaty men yeah he also does a bit of shinobi music in there as well i think he does yeah Oh, beautiful the the uh i think it's the level two music which is fantastic i love that track yeah um Throughout the, the course of Streets of Rage 2, in, like, I feel like it just embodies everything cool about that era, like the movies and the culture, um, you know, the Maverick Cops, the Dark Alleyways, the CD Bar, and then it goes a bit sci-fi um, with the jetpack guys and the robots. Um, you get the jungle level, which even though it's just a really short bit of level, it just made me think of, I don't know, films like Commando and stuff, I don't know. Um, and the amusement park felt a bit like the Warriors and the a- the alien shout out, which a lot of people don't really like. But I'm like, no, I'm, it's a theme park. It's, it's a an, an attraction that's gone crazy. I'm, I'm it is it. such a bizarre little turn. It really is level, it? but then you got like pirate right. boats and shit as well, haven't you? It's yeah, like... I love the pirate bits. It's a kind. I think it's supposed to be a swinging boat, isn't it? But they they didn't have the. It's a bit fucking big if it's one of those fairground ones. Well, not, right, not one of them, you know what I mean. Like some, I don't know. Like a play, play centre or something. Yeah. yeah. It's the only Streets of Rage game that doesn't have holes to knock people down. And I do really like doing that. I do, I do like oh. it. In the first one, when you're on that lift or you're on the bridge and you bash people down the holes... That's really cool. What about in the stadium? No, that doesn't count because they get, you go down, don't you, in the uh, in the stadium into down to the wrestling bit. But no, you can't knock anyone down there because you have to stand no. on it. And then, yeah, yeah I've then, never noticed yeah. that. It's a good observation. No, it's, it hasn't got anything like that. Um, it does have, a, you know, it has the conveyor belt section, um, and there's a few. I think there's a few other environmental things. There might not be actually. I might be thinking of four with its electricity and its goo. That that might only be it. The kind of but the, the environments are so cool anyway, and I love the way the levels are, are sectioned off. So instead of like, you know, in the first one, oh, you're on the boat level, the entire level's a boat. This is like, um, you're in the theme park level, but this is the streets outside the theme park. This is one exhibit. This is another exhibit. This is the arcade bit. 
Um, and it just felt like a world. You know, I love this game. Not not only do I believe it's the best beat em up ever made, still, um, I also believe truly it's one of the best games of all time. Um, like the controls, the graphics, the gameplay, the music, the vibe, like the cha- challenge, it's just crafted to near perfection by, by artisans, not by developers, but by artisans. <laughs> um, and it needs to be in any gaming hall of fame because it's it's the pinnacle of the genre. I know it takes a lot of um, cues from Final Fight. Well, the original did, and then this kind of built upon it. Um, and I do respect Final Fight a lot, and I do enjoy it. I, lo- I love any beat-em-up. Like, one day we'll do a genre or a, or a category where I won't like the other games, but so far I've liked every game anyone's mentioned. But I do think it's the past Final Fight, and I think it is the, the arc. Archetypal, it's the pinnacle, the pinnacle of the genre. Uh, you may, you may now question me, if you so wish. Well, you're not going to get a lot of kickback from me, to be honest, Simon. I think uh, I, no. I still, um, I'm amazed every time I play it. Really, that that came out on the Mega Drive. Just, I just remember the first time because I, I progressed from the first Streets of Rage to the second one, and the leap, visually at least. Um, was just so astonishing. I genuinely couldn't believe there were so many big sprites on on screen. And yeah, as you say, the the variety in the levels, the transitions, the music. Oh my God. I'm going to come back to the music uh, when I go on to to my nomination. But yeah, just utterly, utterly incredible. Um, I got nothing but praise for it. And um, it had no right being that good. It really didn't. And And it still is so good. A lot of games from that era I play and I'm like, Oh, this is too bloody hard, or oh, this is a bit. This isn't as good as I remember it. Like if you like, I play Street Rage Two, and I'm like, this is still as stunning as the day it was birthed. Yeah, um, there's nothing wrong with this game. No, there isn't. Actually, I will say there is one thing wrong with it because on a previous conversation with you, you pointed it out yourself. Uh, we were talking about beat 'em ups on the Mega Drive, and you were saying the one thing about it is it hasn't got any particular levels. You talk about Golden Axe. Like you would have different levels you could jump up yeah, to, and what true. have you. So it is a bit flat. You, you know, obviously you can go up and down on the on the plane that you're on, but yeah, there's not a lot of levels to it. I mean, I'm only I'm only using your own words against you here. Um, personally, it doesn't bother me that much. Yeah, but... well, I'm not I'm not Sam. Are you? No, <laughs> Sorry, did, did we bring up Sam? I don't know. <laughs> Someone else we used to bully. Don't worry about it, folks. Uh, on our last pal podcast, we bullied him until he ran away. Um, yeah, you're not going to get no kickback from me, mate. I. Uh, um, I'm kind of secretly hoping you you win. To be honest, I mean, he already won the uh, <laughs> the previous podcast by getting it to be the highest ranked Mega Drive game of all time. So, or should we not rake that up those old coals again? No, that that hurts because I've been accused of trickery. But I, he, <laughs> he friggin' said that he wanted it to be number one. I'll just um, have my quick say on this, and I'll not labour the point because. There's, there's no point. Hey. The thing is, like Simon's got a history of cheating when it comes to any kind of competition that involves Streets of Rage too. <laughs> so he'll probably create, I don't know, like he'll hire some Russian bots to vote for it or something because he'll he, he he is a cheater. I'll call, I'll call the bots particle molecule. There you go. Um, but what I will say is, I'll always prefer Streets of Rage one, but. That's purely because whenever we talk about any game from this era, 
the nostalgia tax is so high, it depends on what you were playing at that time, how old you were, and, and the kind of memories that you anchor to that game. And I got Streets of Rage 1 for my birthday in about 92. And me and my brother just played it over and over and over again. And for me, the, the memories of playing that game probably far outweigh how good one game is versus another, if that makes sense. Well, one one thing I'll say to that is something that might surprise people. Um, I owned Streets of Rage 1 on the mega games that it was on. Um, and I played the bejesus out of that. And I've got this really fun memory as well of... Um, our next door neighbor at the time managing to pick my TV up on on his in in the next room, and then like talking to me over the garden fence like the next day. Well, I I saw a really cool. Th- I think I picked up your your TV and it was brilliant. It was a it was they were all fighting in the streets and then the screen went back and a police car turned up and I was like, oh yeah, that's Streets of Rage. So I've got a really good mem- memories of Streets of Rage one. Um, Streets of Rage 2, I used to hire a lot. I never owned it. And then in the modern days of, um, you know, the Mega Drive collection on on 360 and emulation and stuff, I went back to it and and was just blown away by it all, all over again. So I think even nostalgia-wise, I think I still have to prefer the second one, even though I have... I played the first one more back in the, the days of youth. I will say that there is one aspect of the third game that I think is superior to the second, and that's the special move. Um, I didn't like the fact that play, playing taking a special move takes a bit of energy bar away from you. Um, but in the third game, you get a, a bar meter that builds up so you can use it without actually mm-hmm. draining your health. I thought that was a good mechanic. That's probably the only thing. Really, I think the fourth one improved it again. Where um, it's a bit of a gamble. Um, you lose the health, but you can get it back if yes. you. Uh, yeah. I wasn't quite quite as sold on that one to be honest. Oh, okay. That's probably like a bit that, crap yeah. of crap of landing it. Probably was my my fault. I did enjoy the cops coming in in the first one, but it was always annoying. The first time anyone played it up, the first button you're going to press is A when you figure out the yep. controls. So you're yeah. always wiped out your special move on the first go. Yep. The um, cop and that lift cool. section is shit as well. I hate that bit. I quite what, enjoyed what? that. Kicking them off with that. Yeah. Well, I suppose kick the kicking them off part's quite fun. Yeah. Yeah, the lift was a breather because um things were getting really hard by then, but you could just lob everyone off. Yeah, fair. And okay. Then, then you got the bastard level after it, the boss rush. Yeah. And all the bosses in Streets of Rage 2 are doable, even the really hard ones. And in Streets of Rage 1, some of the bosses are just a freaking nightmare. Yeah. Like those right, twins yeah. can the the twin blaze clones are an absolute nightmare. Yeah, they're right shit orcs. Um, <laughs> now, was it the first game though that you got the option to, if you could do it in two player mode, you could um, you, you had a choice whether you um, join them or uh, that was the first game, wasn't it? Not the second. Yes. Yeah. But the second one just has a dual mode where you can fight each other straight. Yes, away. it does. Yeah, but I just thought it's nice to first have that multiple endings that you could. Uh, it was a bit annoying yeah, if you cool. if you both said yes to join and then you end up getting chucked back. To, two or three levels that was a fucking pain in the ass but yeah it's nice to have that uh, mechanic where one of you could say yes and no and then you could duel or you both fought him i thought that was that was quite cool but it was yeah. super cool nice call is it as nice as your call though steve because it's your nomination now and i genuinely have no idea what you're going to pick no i don't think uh i don't think you will 
um, into the point. I might actually uh, uh, see if you can guess. For what, though, I do want to talk about, um, I mean, Streets of Rage was my go-to. Streets of Rage 1 or 2. I will fight amongst myself um, till the end of days about which one I prefer. I mean, technically, of course, the, the, the second one um, outstrips it. Um, but, I mean, the, the, that is, they, they are so far in advance of, of everything else I think of. I love Final Fight as well, but I haven't got as much of a connection to it. Um, but I really wanted to, to not split the vote by putting two Streets of Rage games down, because I could easily go for the other one that Simon didn't do. Um, and I also think we, we, you know, it's represented in the, uh, in the poll by Streets of Rage 2. So I wanted, I wanted to stay away from it. Um, the pick that I have got, as soon as it entered my head, I was like, yes, that's the one. I think it's going to... Um, I, I don't know if you will have all played it. Um, I think you and I will be battling it out for last place, to be honest, Alex. Um, but I wanted to go and play it today um, to refresh myself because it's been a, been a few years... Well, maybe not a few years, maybe uh, 18 months or so since I played it last. Um, but I'm, I'm busy at the moment on a, a slight um, uh, tangent. Uh, and a bit of shameless self-promotion, I'm directing a play at the moment called uh, Roberto Zucco. And this is actually relevant. Um, I'm not just going off on a complete tangent. Um, because the whole play, uh, for those of you who know theatre, which I've a very small section of our, our audience, uh, think of it in the style of, of Pinter. For those guys who uh, uh, well, our main core audience, think of it as maybe an episode of Black Mirror. It's kind of reality adjacent. It's almost almost dreamlike. It's um, uh, it's it's it could be almost like purgatory in a way. It sort of exists in this weird angle, you know, a slight um, angle to the universe, if you will. Um, and I want to frame the whole thing um, as a computer game, and I am using uh, the Streets of Rage and Streets of Rage Two soundtrack. So Go Straight is one of those tunes that I'm most definitely using in there. I'm also using it to offset. There's a lot of violence in there, and it's a really brutal play but we're going to make people kind of enjoy it in a way that they probably think that they shouldn't be. You know, I like playing with audiences, but yeah. So just, just playing that, um, that soundtrack um, for a really good um, uh, a PA system. And you just know how fantastic it is. The fact that that Yamaha chip in the mega drive that made in 1988 could produce those sounds just blows my mind but anyway i thought that was worth mentioning because it just you know it, tie, it ties in nicely so so then i'm in the dilemma okay what do i go for uh, if it's not going to be streets of rage uh, i assumed rob was going to go for final fight that was no problem but uh, i was going to go for it if it wasn't in there um but then i go down the road of okay what else legacy wise double dragon certainly deserves a uh, a mention but I didn't really play that in probably until after I played Streets of Rage. It doesn't have a nostalgia factor for me. And so I thought, well, stay true to yourself. There's the Turtles, of course, but again, great um, uh, uh, great game on the uh, the SNES and the Mega Drive, the different versions, but it, it, it doesn't have that nostalgia factor for me. So I thought, being true to myself, where do I go? Um, Simpsons, the arcade game, um, was a, a, a big one for me. I enjoyed that. Um, and... On consoles, um, I like Die Hard Arcade, but it was short-lived fun. It's not the kind of thing I go back to time and time again. After I played it a couple of times, I feel like, yeah, yeah. you know, I've had enough. I don't know what it is about it, but I enjoy it once or twice round, but um, uh, never 
I think it would have been interesting if it was packaged as a, a Streets of Rage 4 back in the day. Have um, you played, um, and I hope this isn't your nomination, so I'll cut it if it is, but have you played the sequel to Die Hard Arcade? No, well, it was... Um, it, it's Dynamite Di- Cop. Dynamite right? Cop was the original name for it, I think, in um, mm. uh, in certain territories, or maybe in Japan, yeah. and they changed it to Die Hard Arcade, so maybe Dynamite Cop 2 is the one you're thinking of? Um, the one on the Dreamcast, is it? Is it on the Dreamcast? Yeah, I think that's Di- Dynamite Cop 2, I think. Um, right, okay. Uh, so I think Dynamite Cop was the because uh, it had nothing to do with Die Hard at all, did it? It just got re just had a guy who looked like John McClane on it, but that was about I it. Think, and not even that much. I think Die Hard Arcade just needed to be longer because it it was a surprisingly really good game. It was actually, uh, yeah. It was in, yeah. So it was called Dynamite Cop here, but in Japan it's called Dynamite Decker too because the first one was called Dynamite Decker. That's right. Yeah, it gets a bit confusing with all the um, the different name <laughs> versions. But yes, it, it 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 had nothing to do with Die Hard at all. They just hey, well, this is this got skyscraper levels in it, so. <laughs> and we've got the license, so let's stick them together. Um, but I did have a really good the rocket launcher. I think it had, didn't it? That, that, so far, that was a yeah. great, great one. Okay, so then it entered my head, and I thought, okay, bringing when you're bringing the weapons into it, I thought, no, it's it's obvious, clear choice for me. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna give you some little clues and see um, if you can guess what my nomination is. So it debuted. Battle Toads. Yeah, <laughs> not even, you don't even want a, a clue. I was no. going to say Battle Toads and Double Dragon, the ultimate team. Not those. Sorry, okay, continue. so I'll give you the year first of all. The year it came out in the arcade was nineteen ninety nine. I see mm, raised so eyebrows. So it's not Guardian Heroes then. It's not Guardian Heroes, which is a great nineteen nine. Yeah, it is Guardian Heroes did a really good shout. Yeah. Kind of feel good. I thought for some reason I thought you might pick that Simon, but then I forgot about how much you like Streets of Rage Two. Okay, okay, so I'll give you the next clue. So it was on the Naomi board, the Naomi arcade board. It's not that spike out thing, is it? Oh, good guess, but no. So it was a spin-off. Spin-off, nineteen ninety-nine. Got some interesting uh... faces on here. We need to get a Patreon sorted to get the yeah, get a video podcast because was it um, that House of the Dead spin-off? Ding, ding, ding. Well done. So I had one more clue, which was Blood Bullet being the original name. Yeah, what was it, it called? Zombie something, was it? Zombie Revenge. Zombie Revenge, yeah. That's it, yeah. Absolutely great game. Um, one of my more common go-to uh, play Dreamcast titles. Um, so, yeah, as, as stated, it's a spin-off of um, House of the Dead. 3D uh, beat em up uh, with a wonderful array of weapons. Uh, so you've got a pistol, you can upgrade your, your guns. The best weapon in the whole game, though, I think, is that you get this huge ass drill. Um, it looks like a bloody cement mixer or something. It's, it's, it's probably about three feet long, and you can pick zombies up by the stomach and it just churns them open. Um, you can split them in half by kicking the ever-loving crap out of them. You know what? I probably remember more about the sounds of the game and the sounds the zombies make as you're kicking the crap out of them more than more than anything. Um, the graphics, I thought, were really solid. It's got a really nice atmosphere. It's got that same House of the Dead uh, vibe, the, um, the sort of B-movie acting. Um, yeah. uh, great amount of um, uh, uh, pickups. Um, and yeah, just... I mean, it's it's not the most in-depth game. It's not the most beloved. So I think I, like I say, stand a good chance of of, of coming last or certainly <laughs> at, at top third place. 
Um, but it's just fun. It's just really easy pick up and play fun. And it's so ridiculous as well. I've had good fun playing it with my daughter because as you progress, the more and more ridiculous the uh, uh, the weapons get and the more ridiculous the deaths get, um, you know, that you find your, your enjoyment and your laughs creeping up if you're as, you know, deprived as we are. Um, I mean, I'll struggle to, 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 to talk about it for so long because it's... Um, uh, it's it's not the most in depth game in the world. And the fighting system isn't uh, as in depth as uh, as other games on the list. Um, but what it does, it does really well. There are a couple of flaws to it. The uh, uh, deaths can feel a little bit cheap sometimes, but uh, that's probably me just finding a, an excuse to blame uh, blame the hardware and, and not myself i'm not entirely convinced that that's the game and not myself um it ends uh, you actually fight your way to the curian mansion which is from the uh, the original house of the dead game and it is mm-hmm. pretty hard um i think i've i've only completed it once uh really other than that i haven't got a great deal to say it's just it's just an all-round fun game and for anyone who hasn't played it i thoroughly recommend uh you uh, you pick up a copy I have no idea what it's going for these days because I've had mine um, since uh, uh, since the Dreamcast uh, uh, died. Oh, you've got a physical copy of you. I have got a physical copy. It was one very of, nice. It was the first game I bought after the Dreamcast was discontinued, which is basically when I started my whole retro gaming vibe. Yeah. That's when I started going. Actually, a bit of a lie because I started collecting for the Mega Drive before then. But that's that's when I was like, right, okay, get them while they're cheap because you you know they're not going to be around forever. And yeah, and, and out of all the games on the Dreamcast, it's probably, say, along with Virtua Tennis, the most played. And yet, ironically, it isn't one of the first names that pops into my head. It wasn't wasn't till relatively late on that it I, it just became so obvious. It was like, okay, why why didn't I think of that? You know, five days ago. It's um, it looks like it will set you back about fifty quid on on eBay these days. Cheapest so, um, RFP. Cheapest- Cheapest buy it now. Copies forty for yeah. pal boxed. It's one of the first games. Late last year, I bought myself a like a modded Dreamcast with the GDEMU in it, and this is one of the first games I chucked on there. I haven't actually ever played it. Um, it's was in my list to of things to get to at some point, but time one. It's good fun and now. good. Um, a second player as well. It's all good to uh, to add to your enjoyment. Maybe I'll treat myself of that 20 I found on the floor this morning. Hey, nice. <laughs> yeah, because I bought Spike Out Battle Street today as well. <laughs> but I bought not a game enough for time. 16p today. You bought what? A game for 16p. Okay, now. Everspace Stellar Edition. 16 pence. Yeah. That's a that's a, a Rob Kirkup special, that is. Has anyone else actually played Zombie Revenge? No. I have not heard of it. Heard of it. Never played it. And I mean, looking at the uh, looking at the review scores as a as I like to do, um, it doesn't look as though it's considered to be a particularly good game. No, it didn't score particularly highly at the time. I remember, but then uh, in fact, that's oh. probably what prevented me from getting it at the time. Um, and then, and then when I picked it up cheap, my first thought was, "This is." This is great. Why wasn't it, you know, much higher mm. up on the list? It can be a little bit frustrating at times. I'll, I'll, I'll give it that. But 
Um, and it wouldn't say it has the replay value of something like uh, Streets of Rage. One thing I've found of reviews of that era is that they're so dead set against the what's considered the older genres. Big yeah. time. Like every, they wanted everything to, to move on and be the genres that start, kind of started coming in at that time. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not Shenmue, therefore it's bullshit, effectively. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll probably agree with that because there's no way it deserves to be uh, ranked as, as lowly as it did. I did check out the review scores myself uh, today and I was just, no, disagree. Hard disagree. Move on. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's the same as God had, really. It's like doing an older genre really, really well on a newer console where that's not a prevalent genre anymore just seems to have killed games in the cot effectively yeah. until until the current era where it's all where now everybody well this is it well this is how i knew of zombie revenge already and put it on my gdmu is because looking for like hidden gems on dreamcast this is this will come up every single time every single time it'll be in a hidden gems list or you know underrated dreamcast games or whatever it's always popping up good because so it should absolutely mm. um i will play it by the time we record next i will Make you that promise so we can have a quick chat about how good it is. Good on you, lad. I also, as a side note, I spent a long time when the, the guy that I picked was always the guy with ridiculous afro. Um, uh, just because. Makes sense. Just because I like ridiculous afros. Um, yeah. But he makes a particular sound or a noise. It might even be a phrase in, in Japanese or something when he dies. Popped into my head randomly a few years ago, and it stayed there for, I reckon it was about about three years. I was trying to figure out where where this phrase or this weird sound came from. I couldn't for the life of me remember it. Um, and yeah, eventually the, uh, the punchline is I did figure out it was the death of the Afro guy in Zombie Revenge. So it obviously stays with you in other ways <laughs> that you don't expect. Yeah. It bores its way in there. <laughs> like a fungus. Yeah. A zombie fungus. Kind of zombie, isn't it? Yeah. And also, it's you know, it's it's pretty unique. There's not many, many games that I can think of, or any game really that that tick all those boxes. Zombie beat 'em ups, huge ridiculous weapons. Robert's your father's brother. Or in my case, my dad. Or in our case, Mister Kirkup here. <laughs> well, yeah. So yeah, I can't get you guys to ask me more questions. So I'm just going to have to tell you all to go away and play it. And if I promise to I play, well, well. play your um, your golden glove or whatever it is, yeah, <laughs> good luck getting hold of it. But yeah, do you know what? I I I'm one of these people. I don't really have much time for zombies. There there are three situations where I, where I'll put up with zombies. <laughs> yeah, I think they're evil as well, son. They're evil, evil idiots, aren't they? And it's um, it's like a <laughs> fantasy setting. So like, you know, a necromancer has risen them or whatever. It's a kind of sci-fi setting, like the husks in Mass Effect, that sort of thing. Or it's in, like, stupid stuff that knows it's stupid. So, you know, Zombie Revenge sounds pretty good. <laughs> well, it definitely knows it's stupid, so it ticks that box 100%. Although I would be quite interested in uh, in the Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Oh, yeah! I don't know, did they turn that into a film? I was only aware when it was a novel. I was going to say, that sounds like a play you could be putting on. Yeah, it is a film. I've never seen it, but it is a film. There was a Sense and Sensibility one as well, wasn't there? I think so, yeah. yeah. I think did a series of it, yeah. Yeah, I read a couple of chapters. It was pretty, pretty damn entertaining. That's me just showing off that I can read. 
didn't understand nice. all the words. But we can all read. What a what a great podcast panel we have. <laughs> well, reading proficiency is something we can never be called out on. But what we can call you out on, dear listener, is your reading proficiency. And can you read and then click buttons to vote for which of those four games you've heard about this evening or morning, whenever you're listening to it, to vote for the game to get into the Hall of Fame? If you want to do that, as I said earlier, you would need to go to VG underscore HOF on Twitter. Cast your vote now and we will announce who won on episode five next time. If you want to send us an email for us to read out and answer any question that you have whatsoever, you need to email videogamehof at gmail.com. Does anybody have anything else they want to say before we shut up, shop and go to bed? Are we sponsored by anyone this week, uh, Alex? Who were we sponsored by last time? I don't know, Lloyd Maunders the Butcher or something, was it? Is it not the Frog app? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're sponsored by Frogweather. Frogweather. Yeah. I'll give a Frogweather update next week. Perfect, yeah. Because I went on his web I went on the website and he was in a boat in a lake. He's smiling. An idiot. It's too cold for that. It'd be frozen over. Complete melt. I mean not melt. It'll be frozen over as I said. It's always on his own as well. I think you should have somebody looking after him. Are you sure it's the same frog each time? It might be. It might be a. He's a... got the same idiot grin on his face. I'm very certain it's the same frog. It might be an idiot yeah. family though. You never know. It's just too happy. Might, might be like the Kardashians. It could be Skate's mum. You know, she doesn't look after her own son, so she's not going to look after a frog either. <laughs> yeah, she's lost one, sent the other after it, and she's got a family idiot frogs. We <laughs> we need to come up on a series about that woman. Yeah, she's got a lot of things to answer for. Mama Hunter. Yeah, sounds like a Channel 4 thing to me, I think. And on that, there's nothing else anybody could say. So thank you very much for listening. Thanks, everybody, for their participation once again. And until next time, goodbye. <laughs>